Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the world of Aeora. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode as we dive into the history, lore, and game mechanics for Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 as we gear up for the release of Avowed. For those who are wondering why we pair Pillars of Eternity with the game Avowed, which is coming out in the distant future it seems, it's because they share the same fantasy setting. So the setting of Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 and the setting of Avowed is a world called Aeora. It's a fantasy setting made over at Obsidian Entertainment. And so as the theory goes, if we take a look at the Pillars of Eternity games, we can gear up for the release of Avowed, uh, understand the world a little bit better so you know maybe what character you want to play or a bit about how the world works and operates and stuff like that. Give you a little heads up on the lore so you can have a more rich experience with the narrative and the game. Not a lot of news to go over regarding Pillars of Eternity or Avowed. I was hoping for something at Gamescom, even though I know that those games weren't supposed to be there, but I was maybe hoping that when they talked about Grounded or Pentiment at the Xbox booth with um, the different developers for those two games, I had hoped maybe they would hint towards something, but, you know, we, we didn't get really much information. The only thing we can kind of glean is that perhaps there is more development team available for Avowed now, or perhaps The Outer Worlds 2. Not a lot of news regarding uh, Grounded's animated series, although that's going to be happening. So that's awesome. Looking forward to that. And this is all Obsidian-related news, nothing regarding Aora specifically. Today we're going to be talking about one of the classes within Aora. I'm not talking about a course, obviously. I'm talking about one of the playable classes in the game. So if you're familiar with regular fantasy games, you'll have been used to classes from here on in. The three main classes that you usually see in some way, shape, or form within fantasy settings is some sort of warrior class, like a fighter, some sort of rogue or thief class, as well as some sort of spellcasting class, like a wizard. Now, depending on the game worlds that you're playing in, there might be a variety of different classes between those three types. For example, in a warrior class, you can have fighters, you could have monks, you could have barbarians. In a rogue class, you could have, well, obviously you could have something like a rogue, you have something like a ranger, etc., etc. And in spellcasting classes, there's a myriad of them. There's wizards, sorcerers, clerics, druids, a whole bunch of different things. And today we're going to be talking about the class called Cypher. It's a unique class made by Obsidian Entertainment for the purposes of Pillars of Eternity and Avowed. It's a unique class to the world of Aeora. It's kind of their analog of a psionics class, which is a mental-based powered class. So, you know, like reading minds and casting the spells of dark nightmares into your enemy's mind or causing them to see things that aren't there, that kind of thing. So it's their closest analog to a psionics class, I would say. And we're going to dive into the lore of ciphers today. I'm curious, what exactly did you find there? So a cipher, what is a cipher exactly? A lot of the lore that we have for a cipher comes from Pillars of Eternity 1. And so a lot of this lore is going to be focused on ciphers that have to do with the Deerwooden colonists or the Glonfa, the native tribes that are present in that first game's narrative. But make no mistake, ciphers are seen around the globe of Aeora. This just happens to be where most of the lore comes from. In the Pillars of Eternity strategy guide, 
on page 11, there are little blurbs about what the classes are. And these are also the quick little blurbs that I think you get in the game as well. They're just a couple of sentences to describe the class. So if you're brand new to the world of Aeora, this is the little bit of information that they pass on to you from Obsidian to you, the player, of what a Cypher class is. The Cypher can peer through the spiritual energy of the world to manipulate other souls. They are offensively oriented psionicists slash soul knives, that was a fun word to say, who need to build up focus through conventional weapon attacks. So most of that there is uh, gamey related stuff. The first half of that description kind of tells you what they do. They use the spiritual energy of other people's souls to perform psionic or soul knife magic attacks, and they use a focus through conventional weapon attacks. And we'll discuss what that means specifically. Turning to the actual cipher section of the book where it goes a little bit deeper into the classes, we get to see what ciphers are specifically. Further describing a cipher, ciphers are psychic fighters whose talent descend from Glanfathen quote-unquote soul hunters. They use mental powers to affect the minds and souls of their enemies. Other classes are capable of manipulating their own souls to gain some effect, but not ciphers. Ciphers specialize in touching the souls of others to produce their own effects. To do this, they rely upon a focus, capital F focus, a resource they drain from enemies in combat through the use of their weapons. Ciphers are an unusual class, using the power of their minds and their souls to affect the minds and souls of other creatures. They are capable of performing many abilities that are unique to their profession. Cipher abilities generally require focus to activate. Once they are activated, the focus is then spent. Ciphers are uncommon and often misunderstood individuals with extraordinary mental abilities. Like wizards and priests, they have many talents that draw directly from their souls. But ciphers have the unique ability to peer through the spiritual energy of the world to manipulate other souls. While wizards use complex formulae and large tomes to pre and priests tap into the passion of their faith, ciphers are able to operate directly through the power of their minds and yours. So we get the idea, right? Ciphers are, they use mind magic, basically. So, the, you know, the summary that I gave earlier is pretty much what they are. But the question of how ciphers operate on like a mechanical basis, that's kind of the question we have here. How does a cipher do what they do? How does a cipher work? We're pretty familiar with a lot of classes in fantasy settings, you know, like a priest or a cleric who gets the power from the faith that they have in their deity. Or uh, a druid has a deep connection to nature and actually and causes nature to perform magical abilities through that connection. But how does a cipher actually work? Well, to understand that, you need to know how magic works in Aeora. Now, I have an episode out already that discusses magic in Aeora and how well it works, but here's the watered-down version of it. Essentially, everything in Aeora, magic-wise, runs on soul energy, which is called Essence, capital E, Essence. And so it's the manipulation of Essence, which, which exists more than just in souls, by the way. You can find them in trees and rocks and, and even in the ambient environment around you, I believe. Uh, I might have to fact-check that. But it's this manipulation of that essence that is the magic itself. And so in this world, you know, wizards, they take essence and they create complex formula, like mathematical formulas, and they find ways to trap essence into a book called a grimoire and they release it. That's the quick way of describing it. A chanter will utter incantations which stir the energy around them in the immediate vicinity and then they can form that energy in a sense to cast a spell. What a cipher does is a cipher uses another individual's soul or psychic imprint as the focus, and they use the energy from that particular thing to then cast a spell. And they have to use it through something called a focus and something called a soul whip. 
let's get into how that actually works. So we see this action performed in game, this soul whip, and it's the purple energy that we see in the game. And that's why you might have heard in the Avowed Reveal trailer when in the right hand the person has the sword that has the shining runes on it, and in the left hand they're casting magic and it has a purple hue to it. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are a cipher person, the person in this Avowed Reveal trailer, but that purple hue is very common in cipher-based abilities. When you see the Soul Whip being activated in-game, there's also a purple hue. What this Soul Whip is, is essentially it's the parasitic draining of enemy targets is soul energy. So as a Cypher class person is performing physical attacks or some sort of physical action against another person, their Soul Whip takes energy away from that target and brings it into themselves. This builds what's called Focus. Once a Cypher has built up enough focus through the use of this Soul Whip action, they can then expend that focus in the form of a casted spell. And so that is how a Cypher works. As a Cypher continues to dole out attacks or perform physical actions, they get energy back every single time, kind of like a return on investment almost. And then once they have enough to spend, they then use that energy to perform the spellcasting attack. Is that making sense? So that's, that's how a Cypher works. So here's the thing, because a cipher uses another person's soul as the means of a focus so that they can cast the cipher-related spells, that means they can do things like read your mind or implant ideas or even look back into the previous lives of your soul if they're powerful enough. Uh, they're almost like little mini watchers in a way, uh, if you've heard my episode on watcher characters, which is not a class, it's a very, very unique kind of person that can exist in this world. The ciphers are like little mini-watchers running around. They kind of have smaller abilities to that extent. But it's not just another person's soul that a cipher can interact with. They can also interact with the soul of objects. Well, not the soul of objects, but what's called psychic imprints on souls. And let me explain. There is this unique dagger called Oidricht. It's O-I-D-H-R-E-A-C-H-T. It's a unique dagger, and like most weapons and unique items in games, especially fantasy games, there is item descriptions. And in this item description is lore about the world. And the, you get the history for this particular dagger called Oidriacht. This dagger once belonged to a prominent military instructor in the capital city of Adir, which is one of the old empires that still exists today. The instructor was a cipher whose gifts were seldom used by his empire, and he grew frustrated at his superior's inability to see the potential of a cipher to perform key missions that no others would would be capable of doing, um, he began making his opinions known, and over time the opinion became more subversive and radical until at last his unsanctioned activities got him charged with treason. The offering crew that came to detain him, however, underestimated him as much as the Empire had, and with only his blade and the talents of his mind, he slew his would-be captors. He fled the city and embarked on a life as a duelist, obsessed with proving his potential to any who would question it. In the end, his life ended in a manner that the lives of duelists typically do, and the potential he often spoke of would remain just that. The knife still bears his psychic imprint, and the wielder will often get flashes of the maneuvers of the original owner performed in order to deliver the killing blow to his opponent. Some regard this as a curse, but many find value in it, and use such experiences to better realize the knife's potential. This knife, it gives you the description of this particular cipher military instructor in the nation of Adir. But the part that's really interesting for me is that it says the knife still bears his psychic imprint 
and the wielder will often get flashes of the maneuvers the original owner performed. That is to say that there's a fragment of this man's soul on this knife, and so it has a psychic imprint on it. And this is important for a couple of reasons, because one, if you're looking through the Pillars of Eternity Collector's Guide, you'll notice a lot of concept art that exists there. One of the concept arts is this image of an Orlan cipher, an Orlan is a race within the world, holding a dagger, and he is holding his fingers to his temple, and he is exercising his cipher powers to, in a sense, read the dagger. At least that's what the image looks like. So it seems as if cyphers are able to even read objects that have psychic imprints laid upon them. This actually happens in-game as well. In Pillars of Eternity 1, at one point, if I remember correctly, you are doing a quest for the faction known as the Crucible of the Knights. And at one point, they need you to check the validity or something regarding a unique quest item. And so you go to Dunread Row and get somebody to essentially take a look at the item and say, yeah, this is legit, or no, this is a forgery. I'm not sure if I'm remembering the quest exactly. The point being is that you can, at some point in the game, you take an item to a cipher, and this person uses their cipher abilities to look at the object and say, yes, this is legit, this is a real thing. To back that up, there is actually another unique piece of gear in the game that we can look at that corroborates this lore, and it's a unique set of heavy armor called Arguis Ardra. I'm going to uh, skip some of this description because it's uh, not pertinent to what we want to talk about. It's a little lengthy. Um, but the first part basically says that there was this unique kind of uh, Audra armor that was going around, and uh, some people had it and some people were making forgeries. Quite a few vendors, however, took to commissioning and selling replicas of this armor. Many fakes were so skillfully made that even scholars had difficulty distinguishing between them and ciphers were sometimes hired to attest to the authenticity of high-value objects. So here we have an instance, this is baked into the lore, written by Obsidian, so it is official, that ciphers can be hired to test the authenticity of objects themselves. And so that's, uh, that testifies to the ability of a cipher to be able to look into an object's past, just like they would look into a soul's past. Now, this is a unique set of armor that is made out of Audra, which is heavily connected to soul energy. So it might only be things like this that ciphers can look into. This is a really cool idea to me. And when I think of making a Dungeons & Dragons game in the world of Aora, I like this idea of a cipher detective who is going around and like putting their hands on objects and their hands to their head and trying to get little visions of what happened in the past and then so they, they know kind of what happened but they have to then find proof to prove it to the powers that be so that the person can get thrown in jail essentially it's a you know that's a fun little maybe i'll write that adventure out one of these days we'll see um, but anyways that's an example of ciphers reading objects in the game now apparently there are items in the world that can mute a cipher's ability um i'm not sure about this in particular i think i remember something like this happening in game I mean, I know there's obviously spell attacks that can cause a person to not be able to cast magical spells in combat, but we do have a, an instance in item description lore that points out that people mute a cipher's ability to perform magic through the use of iron and audra. Specifically looking at the item Cypher's Shackles, which is an amulet from Pillars of Eternity to Deadfire. And the description of the cipher shackles reads as, The woman who recently wore this shackle came from an enigmatic tribe of pale elves. 
Little is known about her people, save that they, at some point her village was sacked by roving slavers and she was taken to the dead fire. Aboard the slave ships, she was compliant but silent. Her captors were horrified to discover the woman's mouth had been wired shut, presumably as a child. Then she touched their minds. Uh, and this is important to note because it demonstrates that ciphers exist outside of the Deerwood, which is where a lot of the lore originates from, and I, I mentioned that earlier in the show. Anyway, she touched their minds. He travels southward. Watch the sky. Uneased, the slavers fettered the woman's neck with an iron Audra shackle they reserved for captured ciphers and did their best to ignore her. When the ship arrived in the dead fire, the slavers dropped anchor with several illicit merchant vessels to offload their kith cargo. When the woman was called to the auction block, she spoke into her prisoners' minds despite the binding collar. Aethys nears. He will end it. Then she vanished. All that remained were the shackles. So this lore indicates to us that there's the potential anyways for Iron Audra composite material to mute the ability of ciphers. These slavers that were kidnapping people apparently often used these shackles as a way to stop the abilities of ciphers, and they, they must know that it worked, otherwise why would they keep using it? There is obviously the chance that they were doing this and it never actually worked, but the this description seems to indicate that there was some level of reliability to it, and the fact that she was able to speak through her mind into other people's mind while wearing the collar was noteworthy. And so it seems that through certain materials, you can actually mute the abilities of ciphers. This one cipher woman from a pale elf community is an example of the power that a cipher can reach. Uh, as their abilities grow and grow. And there's another item that I want to bring attention to that displays the immense power that a cipher can wield if they were to get far enough into their uh, owning of their skills. And that is an enchanted ring called Pensiavi Meire. Uh, this is found in the first Pillars of Eternity game. The item description for this reads, The story goes that this ring belonged to the Seeker of Balance, which is a cipher assassin of the Order of the Black Stone. He was captured in an attempt to kill a duchess of Old Valia, and while awaiting execution, he channeled his soul into the ring. The ring was then taken by one of the guards who, upon wearing it, was possessed by the Seeker. Through the guard, he completed the assassination of the duchess. Over the years, the ring has lost its power to possess, but remained a formidable item. This tarnished old ring isn't much to look at. By night, however, the mark of the Order of the Black Stone glows from the, hand, from the band. So this piece of lore is interesting to note because it really showcases just how powerful a cipher can be. Now, we don't know anything else about the Seeker of Balance, whether or not that they perhaps had uh, other unique abilities, or that maybe they were a Watcher, or they were granted magical abilities by a deity. But it seems that based off just the lore in this description, that this person being a cipher allowed them to have the ability to channel their very soul into an object, and then from that object actually possess people. And take over their bodies to perform certain actions. So the lore behind what a cipher can do, it, it gets pretty intense. I, you know, and when you think about the mechanics of how cipher magic works, it, it makes a little bit of sense. If a cipher was able to project their soul onto a ring, then they would essentially still be able to interact with other people's souls as their focus. So if this guy was able to put his soul into a ring, and it's been demonstrated through the science of animancy that the moving of souls is possible, and then possessing this ring, he would still be able to, in a sense, use his soul whip 
to perform other cipher actions, like possess somebody else. So this makes sense on a mechanical aspect as well for the magic of how ciphers work. It just goes to show, though, how powerful a cipher can be. And this brings me to the last thing that I want to discuss, which is the connection that ciphers will have to Avowed. Is an oath worth the weight of a crown? What connection will ciphers have to Avowed? Well, it really depends on a lot of things. There's a very likely chance, I would say, in my opinion, that Avowed is going to have a character creation screen, that you're going to be able to choose your race, you're going to be able to choose some sort of class, or at least a foundation to build a class on. And Ciphers being a unique creation for the world of Aeora, it's very likely that the developers at Obsidian are going to want to include Cipher abilities or a Cipher class as part of that character creation. So that's the first main connection to Avowed, is that you might actually be able to play a Cipher character. Technically speaking, we don't know if there's going to be class or race selection for Avowed. It could very well be that when you load up the game of Avowed, there is a character prescribed to you in the story, that everyone who plays the game all play the same character, and you just roleplay their behaviors in different ways. But there's still a chance that you might play as a Cypher character, because based on the Avowed reveal trailer, we see the use of purple hues with the magic that they wield when they're holding the sword and casting the spell. And this indicates that this character in the reveal trailer, which you know, you might surmise is your player character, would also have cipher abilities. So even if we don't get to choose our race or class, it seems that we still might be a cipher. And this makes sense too, because again, a cipher is a unique creation for this world, and it's very tied to the lore of souls and reincarnation and peering into essence and all that kind of stuff. The second thing is obviously not just your character being a cipher, but other characters being a cipher as well. We talked about the Seeker of Balance being able to actually take his soul and input it into a ring and he could possess other people with it. If that's the kind of thing a Cypher can do, how are you going to stand against enemies like that? Could the main antagonist of Avowed end up being a Cypher, and if so, what kind of stuff could they pull off? It's important to consider in two aspects, and from a game mechanic perspective as well, if you are able to choose a Cypher class, then you might want to have a high dexterity because that's how you generate your focus. By being able to do a lot of attacks very quickly, you can generate more focus and therefore cast more cipher spells. But it also means that when you're creating a character's defenses, you might want to consider having some sort of mental blocker against ciphers attacking you or possessing your body at any point in the game itself. Um, and you also might want to be aware of any time that you lie to somebody in the game. You might be talking to an NPC, and then an option comes up in the list to lie to a character. You didn't realize that person's a cipher and that they are reading the surface thoughts of your mind. And they know you lied, but you don't know that they know you lied. Other ways that it might be connected to Avowed could have to do with any tie-ins to Pillars of Eternity 1. Whether we're dealing with the Mind Hunters of the Erglon Fathen tribes, otherwise known as Brishalguin in their local tongues. Mind Hunters are essentially ciphers in this particular culture, and the, their local name is Brishalguin. Uh, we might see the return of Grieving Mother, a cipher from the first Pillars game, or Seraphin a companion who is also a cypher in the second game. I'm particularly excited to run into Vithrak, which I haven't really mentioned yet. Uh, Vithrak are a unique creature in the world of Aeora. They are humanoid arachnids, and they have innate cypher abilities. They actually communicate to each other and you, the player character, in both games through the use of mental powers. They, they, use, they read your mind and 
they talk to you into your mind and you talk to them through your mind. Well, I think you actually talk to them with your mouth. But anyways, you can have a mental conversation with a Vithrak. These unique arachnoid humanoids with their own culture and everything. They're not a... They're not part of the kith races, the civilized races, if you will, which, you know, I'm not sure if that's considered an outdated way of thinking, but hey, that's uh, that's how this world is set up, so we're going to take it that. I really hope we run into Vithrax. I really find them intriguing. You can tell that they have an ancient history in this world, and that they, I, I feel like they have some special knowledge from their years and years and years of existing and not being connected to the main bastions of civilization. So I'm always interested in seeing more about Vithrax. I really hope that actually you could play a Vithrax character or maybe have one as a companion. That would be fantastic. And so that's primarily everything I have to say about ciphers. There's not a lot of specific lore to go through other than what a cipher is and how a cipher ciphers, essentially. Um, there's some specific lore about ciphers in certain cultures, but that's more the lore about those cultures than it is about ciphers uniquely. Um, so it, it's kind of, if there's any content that I'm missing, that might be part of the reason why I didn't include it. But if there is any content that I am missing regarding ciphers that you want included or any questions that you have, I encourage everyone to email me. You can reach me through worldofaora at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at worldofaora. I mainly just post updates on the show through the Twitter, and it's important to know if you want to be reminded when a show comes out every two weeks, or if there's going to be a delay in the show, or if there's a bonus episode, or if I'm up to anything else World of Aora related. And on that note, I actually do have some news to announce. At the time of this recording, it's not out yet, but I have it ready and in the barrel to go that once this episode is released, I should have up on September 4th my first YouTube video of a Let's Play series for Pillars of Eternity. So I'm going to quickly plug this and then I'll get right back to the outro, I promise. So um, I heard a lot on Reddit and through some Discord servers that there were individuals who were very excited for Avowed and they were very interested in the lore of Pillars of Eternity and they wanted to see the game for itself, but they just are not interested in the game itself. They don't want to play it for themselves, but they want to see it. And there's already a bunch of really great Let's Plays out there and I highly recommend you go check them out. I think the one major complaint I was hearing about from people about that was that these Let's Plays were way too big and way too thorough. They were doing all the side quests and stuff. And so I ventured to do a Let's Play series for Pillars of Eternity 1 that is as much of a critical path Let's Play as possible. So if you're interested in seeing the world of Aura through the Pillars of Eternity game firsthand, or I guess technically secondhand, and you don't want to see 100 episodes, then by all means keep up with my YouTube account, which is Gingerino42. Um, and I'll probably make a separate account as well and post them on uh, on a World of Aora. But for now, Gingerino42 is where you're going to see them. It's 17 episodes long. I've already recorded everything. I just have to edit the videos and then upload them to YouTube and all that. And again, it's mainly focused on just a critical path let's play. I do voices for all the characters that I come into contact with. Um, I have fun little character builds. I leave commentary along the way about the lore. Uh, I give little bits of how to play the game in case you get interested yourself in playing from watching the series so yeah check that out if you want gingerino42 on youtube and the first episode should be out on september 4th and i'm planning on updating an episode every three days because each episode is an hour long around there and i want to give you time to watch it in, in little bits and pieces rather than watch an hour of somebody play a game in one go i fast forward through a lot of combat because that's not really what i'm focusing on through the let's play and the, my last disclaimer about it will be that this is my very first Let's Play. It's my first time recording myself play a game and giving commentary with the intent on putting it out there. So um, 
have a little bit of leeway for the fact that it's my first time doing something like that. But I took it as seriously as I do this podcast, which was my first time doing a podcast. And I'd like to think that it reaches um, at least an adequate quality to listen to. So hopefully you'll enjoy the Let's Play series. Anyways, that's enough of that. Go and check that out. September 4th is when the first episode should be out. Gingerino42 is the channel to look for. Now, with that all said, uh, I don't think there's anything else to discuss. Thanks, guys, for joining me on today's episode where we talked about ciphers, this unique class that exists within the world of era that uses other people's soul, their essence, as a focus for the magical abilities that they cast, and it's a largely psionic-based type stuff. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed talking about this with you guys, um, but it's time to close this episode out. Thanks, guys, for listening. I'm your host, Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino, and I'll see you guys next time.